Hello, and welcome into the first ever Check My Oil, the uh, MMA show on MTP, starring and hosted by me, just me, DK Sizzle. I'm the only one. I'm the only one here. The rest of the show, uh, the rest of the group of Missing the Point are fucking Boy Scouts. They like to, to see uh, sporting athletic men throw throw balls at each other, but I I like that. Don't get me wrong, but I like to see them beat the shit out of each other also. So here we are with our first uh, solo show, with our first MMA show. It's it's a wild experiment. I called it Check My Oil in the uh, in reference to the uh, the move in wrestling where you put your finger up another guy's butt to give him a fright so you can get out of <laughs> get out of a grapple because I find that hilarious. And welcome to the first show. So let's uh, let's kick things off. We're obviously here to preview the July Fourth weekend card from the UFC. I it's stacked. I've had some people tell me it isn't stacked. That a lot of the fights are foregone conclusions and. You know, uh, the main card isn't super exciting. Uh, the main event isn't super exciting because Izzy's fighting a guy that he should definitely beat. But I'm here to pitch the card to you. I'm here to tell you all about why you should watch it, why you should buy it. And I don't even work for the UFC. I just want you to have a great time this coming Saturday, July 2nd. The prelims start at 5 p.m. Pacific. I go on Pacific. So that's eight. And then uh, seven o'clock is the main event. So that's that's 10 on the East Coast. Tune in. Tune in. It's going to be a good one. Few things uh, before we get into it. I would love to shout out friend of the show, Hillary Rose, who is also fighting on Saturday. She's fighting Cage Titans 54. Uh, and you can go on the Cage Titans website and watch the live stream. Watch our friend Hillary Rose go out there and put on a show like she always she's always want to do friend of the show she was our first ever guest on mtp so we always love to shout her out when we can uh hillary good luck break a leg uh not yours so uh yeah definitely tune into that it's before the meet of the ufc card so you have time you have time especially if you listen to this show and you're like wow this charming effete gentleman hosting that mma show just told us all great bets and predictions and all these awesome things that uh that I, I took to watching the ufc card so like the least i could do is is watch his friend hillary um also fight in a cage match so you know we're affiliated here on mtp especially on check my oil so this is the first prime time cage fight mma fight uh ever aired on on primetime tv it's on network television the prelims uh abc so the channel that aired the Brady Bunch is going to air Broken Orbital Bones and Broken Noses and <laughs> Popped Eyes and Eye Pokes and Gouges and Knees and Elbows and people trying desperately to separate other people from their consciousness for blood sport and entertainment, which I just don't think there's anything better. I just watched Gladiator recently, and I have to say, closest thing we got to it. Closest there. Are we not entertained? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I have to say, like, I think the UFC... Uh, I th- obviously they're pr- the premier promotion in, in mixed martial arts, a sport I hold near and dear. I think the reason that they're so good is that they have great matchmaking. Their roster is easy to matchmake with because if they call you up, like you're going, you know, you want to go and be in the UFC, like that's what you want to do. But 
they put great styles together. They put great narratives together. They put great, they put two fighters together in order to make great fights. And I, I think they're getting better and better at that as, as time goes on. I think they're getting more impressive with how they're able to make these barn burners. And with what they had available for this, what I would consider the Super Bowl of, of the, of the UFC is, is July 4th weekend. They've always been the kings of July 4th weekend. If you go to Las Vegas right now, it's UFC everything. You know, it, it might as well be a Mike Tyson fight. Granted, the main event headliner isn't fighting the best, most well-known fighter of his career. Uh, but I think Jan- Jared Cannonier has things to, to bring to the table, which we'll obviously talk about at the end. I'm going to go through from the early prelims to the prelims to the main card. And I'm going to give you a few things. I'm going to give you my prediction based on the research I've done. I'm going to give you some smart bets to, to maybe put down because I like to do a little wager on these, uh, on these cards here and there. It's volume betting for me, though. Uh, it's, it's, it's smart betting every fight. And sometimes smart betting is not betting. It's important to remember that. You don't need your little hit of dopamine just to throw money away on a stupid bet that was impossible to predict anyway. And you, you could get lucky or you could get fucked. So I'll tell you the stay away ones too. On that note, just as a little disclaimer, I'm not encouraging you to gamble. I don't think, I, I, you know, I don't think gambling is the worst thing in the world, but it is something you can get addicted to. And if you do have a gambling problem, please don't listen to these bets. Don't, don't trail them. I'm by no means a betting expert. I win sometimes, I lose sometimes, but I have done the reading and I find that it helps. There's plenty of resources out there. If you have any kind of gambling addiction, BeGambleAware.org is a great one that people shout out all the time. I don't want you to hurt yourself. Uh, I want you to have fun. So we're going to go through every single fight. We're going to talk about some bets. We're going to talk about some odds, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to have fun. We're here to have fun. We're here to watch two people try to fucking kill each other. Men, women, it's, it's, it's got everything. You know, Bruce Buffer, it's got everything. So uh, I'm looking forward to the card. It's always a fun day for me. The wife and I actually watch every single UFC card together. I'm talking all of them. Because we're, uh, the clinical term for it actually was diagnosed as old as fuck. Going out on a Saturday night is the stuff of nightmares to us now, especially post-COVID. We got like too used to, to the couch here. So we just loved chucking on a fucking UFC card, you know, watching it, having a few glasses of wine, talking. It's, it's honestly pure magic. We're even going to have a few people over this weekend, which is unusual for us because it's such a big card. And my wife's favorite fighter in the world, which I find a little insulting, and I'll tell you why in a second, is uh, Israel Adesanya. She fucking loves Izzy because she is a massive geek and so is he and he shows the world that you can be a geek and also be a violent uh and a very effective violent man and a, and the top of the sport and all these different things so I think that's why a lot of people love Izzy he's unashamedly himself he loves what he loves and I, I love him for that reason my favorite fighter is Conor McGregor because I was born in Dublin same place as Conor uh which we have a Dublin man on this card, which we'll talk about. Uh, early guesses as to who I think is going to win that fight. <laughs> um, and again, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm swayed by many things, emotion, all these different things. Uh, I might cry during the, the Jim Miller, Donald Cerrone section of this, of this card just on nostalgia. So, you know, a lot of this isn't based on fucking logic. So 
if Taylor, my bets doesn't work out for you, or if, if my predictions don't come true, like you have only yourself to, but I've been doing pretty good recently. I have been doing pretty good recently. So we'll see how it goes. I will have to drink a little bit of water every now and again in order to keep this magical, these magical vocal cords moist. If you're one of those people that uh, hates the word moist, you should get yourself a personality. Moving on, let's do, let's start. Let's go with the pre-prelims. I think a lot of times when, first of all, most people miss these. They're going to start before the prelims. I don't think you should miss these ones. These, you can't have multiple ones. These, I don't think you should miss these because there's actually some names. Uh, some washed up, some some not, uh, some never wases, but that's the pre-prelims for you. I think there's some cool fights on this, on this under undercard, and I think it's worth watching. Another thing the UFC does really well is it's got such a deep roster that you can recognize people that are fighting two cards underneath the main card, you know? So I think it's worth watching. And there isn't a ton of information out there on who to bet on these on these fights and, and who you think is going to win. So I've actually gone and watched these contenders fight each other and put together something of a, of a prediction for this card. So, you know, it might be worth listening to. Who knows? Okay, who do we have first? Uriah Hall and Andre Muniz. 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 I don't know. I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Your first inclination might be, I've heard of Uriah Hall, right? He's he's fought some big name fighters. He's a good fighter compared to, you know, you or I. Uh, but he, I think he's on his way out. You know, I, I, I think that he has little to no chance of mounting any kind of a title shot in the next a few years he's starting to age he's taken some bad losses over the last 18 months and he's even been beaten by guys that are you know coming up later on this card but i think in order to bet a fight like this you got to bet your your logic you can't bet on the fact that you kind of know who uriah hall is uriah hall is notoriously bad at defending uh grappling and the guy, this guy, Andre Muniz, that he's fighting is a really good submission artist. So Styles make fights. It's it's a bad matchup for Uriah Hall. It's it's a terrible matchup. It's a matchup that makes me think that Dana White maybe said something once and he's like, let's just get this fucking guy out of here. Let's just let's just have him catch his next couple of L's and we'll see him down the trail. You know, he's going to get submitted. I think he's going to get submitted in the first round. I think it's a foregone conclusion. I I think you can get plus 180 for a Muniz, Muniz, uh first round submission. That's upon looking on, you know, Thursday at 5:30 Pacific. That's what it was at. Obviously odd shift. But I think that's good value. I think I think for if, if for the fact that it's difficult to predict methods of victory and it's usually a sucker's bet. I th- unless you're betting on Francis Ngannou to like knock somebody out in the first round, I think this is as close to a good value bet on a method of victory bet that you're going to get. So, oh, I just rhymed there. You get a little parapper the rapper here on check my oil. Uh, I have to make myself laugh because if you think about it by concept, I am just a man in a room alone talking to himself. But not to knock down the whole fucking house of cards here. Yeah, Uriah Hall is definitely going to get submitted. I think uh, I think it's going to happen in the first round. I think he's going to blitz him. I think he's going to take him down. I think he's going to fucking armbar him or kumar him or one of those fancy jujitsu moves. 
And he's going to tap and it's going to be it. And I think it's going to be the start of the night. And I think it's going to be great. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm probably going to bet the first round submission. And I, I think you should too, if you feel so inclined. Don't gamble if you don't want to. We are going to move a little bit quicker through the pre-prelims. A, because there's sort of less information to go on. B, because they're, the fighters aren't as good. So it's a little bit less interesting to talk about. But C, I want to be able to make sure to spend enough time on the big fights and what I think are the really exciting fights in the car. But I do want to do every fight because, you know, all these guys are trying, you know, they're, they're, they're out there doing camps and they're doing their best. And, uh, and I want them to, to get the attention they deserve. Jessica, I and Macy Barber. I also have a prediction for this. Who would have thought? Um, two things could happen here. I would, I personally don't love betting on a women's fight that, where both of the fighters are not great because sort of anything can happen up to and including, you know, things you don't expect, but not usually a random knockout because of the power level that we're dealing with here. I think a lot of the times if two bums are fighting each other in the male division, one guy might catch the other guy. So you can kind of put money on a guy with like a little bit more power than, than someone else, right? I think with, with the Jessica I Macy Barber thing, I think it can go one of two ways. I think either Jessica I pieces her up, pieces up Macy Barber for the entirety of their fight, or what I think will definitely happen is Macy Barber drags her to the ground for three not very exciting rounds of control, tries for submissions, Jessica I probably doesn't get submitted if I'm being honest and Macy Barber wins by points you don't get great value on this to be quite honest with you and it's it's like minus 115 or something along those lines for for a Macy victory like a straight money line Macy victory I I wouldn't I I would I would I would bet on Uriah Hall to get submitted in the first round and then I would take a nice relaxing jaunt through the Jessica I Macy Barber fight that's just probably what I'm going to do. You, you want to make that fight more exciting? Go for it. I would recommend betting on Macy Barber. I think she's going to have enough to take Jessica I down. But again, I think both of these ladies are not great. And, and you know, in re relative context to the rest of their divisions, not. I think they're great athletes. You know, they've achieved great things by making it to the UFC even in the first place. But I just... Uh, you know, I just, in relative terms, I think they're going to cancel each other out a little bit. I, I don't think Jessica is good enough to force her will uh, or to not get Macy Barber's will forced upon her. But then again, I don't know if Macy Barber's good enough to force her will on Jessica. I, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe play a game of FIFA during that one. All right. And, I, you know, I don't mean to come off, come across misogynistic. This is not because they're women. It's because they suck. Okay. Brad Tavares and Dreykus Duplessis. All right, this is a fun one, actually. This is basically a does Duplessis knock out Tavares or does Tavares kind of survive and counter, you know, and, and kind of win the fight on points, right? So your bets here are basically either Brad Tavares wins by decision or Duplessis wins by, by knockout or, or TKO. They're usually grouped together anyway. And let's talk about why. So basically, I think, personally, I think Duplessis is not as good as people say. I, I think if you go on the internet right now and, and search for reputable MMA websites that tell you who will win this fight, a lot of people are going to tell you it's going to be Duplessis. I did watch his, a couple of his fights in preparation for this card, and uh, I saw him get like volume punched and then knocked out in a championship fight in his previous promotion. And I think, I think there's a reason he's on the pre-prelims, and I think Tavares is actually 
he doesn't have a great chin. I will admit that. And I think that's why a lot of people are, are saying that, that Duplass is going to catch him. But I actually do think that Tavares has enough to kind of work the fight. You know, just work the fight, work the three wins, and uh, work the three rounds, I mean, and just sort of get, get to the win. I'm going to bet Tavares by decision. I don't have the odds in front of me right now. Here, hold on. Let me pull it up here. Uh, da, da, da. You will go, yeah, plus 180 on that uh, Munez submission first round. It's actually like lower than I thought. That's kind of weird. If you, yeah, if you bet, bad to, bet Brad Tavares to win, uh, just to win, it's plus 124. If you bet him on decision, I mean, you might get better odds on that. That might not be a bad, that might not be a bad call. I, it'll be a stressful one though. You know, you bet on the guy that to survive a murderous left hook for three rounds, you're sitting there going like, Jesus Christ, don't get hit. Don't get hit. Don't get it. I've been there. And, and, and frankly, I sometimes stay away from bets just on the merit of how stressful they're going to be to live through. Cause I give a shit when I lose my bets. It, it fucking pisses me off. So I don't know how you feel about it. That's a personal choice. But for me, if I was going to bet Brad, I would bet Brad Tavares uh, to win by decision. However, I can't because I would just be stressed out that he was going to get knocked out for three rounds. So I'm not that confident if he can't tell. But yeah, I mean, fuck it. You know, it, at this point, I think you're just as likely to win. For me, it's even odds. And you'll probably get decent numbers on a, on a, on a method of victory. So if you wanted to take a bet on this, I may, maybe I'd go method of victory, uh, you know, TKO, KO for uh, Duplessis because it's going to be more fun for you to watch. You're going to be there like, come on, man, catch him, catch him. And you'll have hope till the end if he, if he hasn't done it, you know, up until the, the third round, he might still have it. So a method of victory bet might, might not be bad here. I'll put it to you this way. If Tavares wins, he will win by decision. If Duplessis wins, he will win by knockout. I, I think that's definitely true. So whichever one you want to fall on, I, I would uh, I would make that choice based on that information because I really do think that's that's the case. That is what I'm confident in. And so is everybody else. I mean, I'm not the only one saying this. So then we have another girl fight. Yay. I mean, I really do think that uh, I really do think that the UFC, it's ironic that the UFC run by Dana White, like notorious Trump supporter and overall likely piece of shit uh, is kind of the most inclusive sport uh, promotion and therefore sport, you know, like he'll he'll put uh, women in headliners, you know, you know, but they won't even get Brittany Griner out of fucking Russia. And Dana White's fucking having ladies headline his cards. And doing that made one of his biggest superstars in uh, in Ronda Rousey, you know? And if the woman is in any way attractive, all the creepy MMA fans are going to be all over it. So it's a win-win for him. It's just good marketing. But this is actually a good fight. And I actually think both of these ladies are good fighters at 135. Jessica Rose Clark, who I like a lot because she has the same name as me, even though my name is Dave Clark, even though she doesn't spell it right because there should be an E at the end. I think her name's cool. Uh, she's fighting Julia. Oh, I'm messing that up. Uh, Stoliarenko. That I didn't mess up. So I think a weird thing is going to happen on this fight, right? All the smart money, all the smart money, which is not why you're here. Okay. This is not the smart money house. This is the let's have fun house. Okay. I'm spending my money in order to increase my fun. I'm not out here to make money. So I'm just, that's how, I'm, that's where I'm trying to get you. I think all the smart money says Jessica Rose Clark wins, probably wins by decision, probably is just a better fighter, probably just wins by points and, and makes it happen. I think Stolyarenko's got one weapon, and so does everybody else, but I think the weapon's going to work. It's an armbar. 
And I think Jessica Rose Clark has the potential to fall asleep and get fucking armbarred. I like, I think she goes a little bit to sleep from time to time. I think she loses focus in the clinch. She loses focus in the grapple. And I think Stolia Ritko is going to be able to sneak an armbar in there. I just do. It's another method of victory bet. And I think Stolia Ritko by submission. I just, I, I say go for it because it's, it's the only way this fight is entertaining is <laughs> if that happens, is if she locks in a cool submission. Otherwise, Jessica Rosa Clark is just going to point her out. She's, you know, maybe she's learned her lesson getting lazy in the clinch, maybe. But Stoli Rinko isn't even that badly outmatched on the feet, to be quite honest with you. I saw, I watched her fight against uh, Julia Avila and her fight against Alexis Davis. And I think both times she was fine. Like, honestly, she was fine. I like people slotting this as like Jessica Rose Clark is the technical striker, da, da, da. She's going to grapple her better, da, da, da. She's going to clinch her better. Maybe. Maybe. But I think a fun bet is, is Stoli Renko in this one. I think she can sneak something in, and I think you're going to get good value on those odds. Uh, moving right along. Uh, we're into the prelims now, which is great because there's a really fun one <laughs> in Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. This is a classic example of one guy's the better fighter and one guy is a fucking menace. And the menace is a menace because he's huge. He's got a big size advantage and he puts people's lights out. That would be Jalen Turner. Brad Riddell, he needs to set himself up to basically survive the first five minutes. I, you know, like just get through the first, the first round. And I think then he can like move on to win the fight. You know, it's another kind of points versus knockout matchup when we're starting to see a theme here, right? I mean, I think this is why the, the UFC brass are, are so good at, at matchmaking because that's a great, that's a great potential fight for us for, as fans. You know, I mean, we, we love that. We, we love what's on the table for, in a lot of these fights. So this is at 155. I think lightweight's an absolute shark tank right now. I mean, if you don't, fight me. It's, it's, it's crazy how... How much talent is at 155? My guy Connor, I think, is still active. I just like feel. I can like feel like MMA fans listening to this show being like, "Fucking likes Connor, fucking, fucking Khabib." It's like, dude, I don't give a shit. I'm here to have fun, <laughs> and he's so much fun. Uh, you signed to fight me. It's a payday. <laughs> you you come. We're a rich baby. Connor Mato's rich. Break out the red panties. <laughs> so, I mean, what's more fucking fun than that, you know? But I digress. We'll get more into that in the next fight. Uh, yeah, so I think, but I actually think Jalen Turner's going to catch Brad Riddell. I think he's going to, and he's going to catch him. I think uh, method of victory, first round technical knockout. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think, I'm hoping if I'm right on these uh, methods of victory, there's going to be this, we're going to be on fire through this, this Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner fight. We're, it's, we're, we're, we're still cooking. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good fight. Uh, for the fans again. And I think Jalen Turner's size is going to pay out. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it does. It's going to be great to see, see somebody get knocked out. So I think uh, TKO, probably probably first round. But KO, but they, again, they usually come in a package deal. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about the next prelim fight. Let's just get right to it. I might have gone, I might have rushed Brad and, and Jalen a little bit just to get to this. Ian Gary, another Dublin man. Another Dublin man on the card. His favorite fighter is Conor McGregor. My favorite fighter is Conor McGregor. We should be friends. Ian Gary. We should be friends, man. Let's go to the pub. Let's go to Malahide. Let's go to the pub. That's where I'm from. I don't know what part of Dublin you're from. Probably somewhere cool. He's a he's a Sanford MMA guy, which is interesting. I feel like maybe you would have thought uh, SBG because he's a Dublin guy, but he's a Sanford MMA guy. A lot of great fighters come out of there. You know, Iron Iron Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler, Michael Johnson was there. 
Ian Gary's there. Vicente Luque's there, I think, who's beating everybody's ass. Uh, you know, they've got a great roster. I'm probably forgetting like fucking huge ones, but they've got a great roster. And I think, I think the things that people have pointed out about Ian Gary's gaping flaws defensively more, more commonly than other things, they're just young fighter quirks. And I also think he hasn't really had to do it. You know, he hasn't really had to be defensive because he's been fighting. He became the Cage Warriors champion, same path as, as Connor, but he was the welterweight Cage Warriors champion. Connor was obviously featherweight and uh and lightweight first time double champ um in, in in that promotion actually was he the first time double champ in cage warriors i don't know but he was a fucking first time double champ in ufc that's for sure ian gary though he is a lot of fun he is a lot of fun he kind of squeaked it out his last fight against uh winks squeaked it out by decision he was just a little bit more technical he does have holes in his game for sure but he's also strangely for a guy who's with the technical striking that he has, he's he's more well rounded in, in grappling than you than you believe. This will be a comfortable win, another comfortable win for for Ian. Uh, I think he's got a lot to prove uh, after the last fight because I I mean some people I think my wife included had had uh, Winks win in that last fight on points. So he's got a lot to prove. He's a big prospect. He's nine and zero. His nickname's the Future. He's he, the parallels to Conor McGregor. I've already sort of talked about. He's Irish. Uh, you know, he fights at 170, which obviously Connor has wanted to do. He's a big McGregor fan, you know, and he kind of is one of the few people in the MMA community that actually sticks up for Connor. I think it's kind of fun and trendy to hate on him these days. You know, you love a you love a fall from grace, don't you? Don't you? <laughs> Look at what you did to Britney Spears, you fuckers. Anyway, I think uh, I don't think it's going to be a good fight for Gabe Green. I think that uh, Ian Gary's going to win comfortably. I think he's going to hit, hit him. With some volume, I think TKO second round. Don't bet that, though. Just bet the straight win. Ian Gary, for sure. I think you can get decent odds, actually, probably, because his last fight was a bit um, bit of a squeaker. So I think uh, I think Ian Gary, to be honest. I, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, now, again, clearly fucking bias. <laughs> like, clear, like, un- unabashed bias, because he's from Dublin, and I want him to win every single fight, and I want, like, the Irish to fucking take over the fight game over and over and over again. It's awesome. It's pure nationalism, and, and I'm not ashamed of it. For an island of six million people, I think we do okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ian Gary, and I think TKO. That's just me. That's what I'm going to be betting, and I'm going to be probably half in the bag by the time he gets up there, and I'm going to be shouting from the rafters. So... <laughs> Uh, let's move on to oh, the nostalgia fights next. 155. Why they even made these guys do their cut to 155? I have no idea. They might as well have just fought at 170. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone. This is a kind of a weird rescheduling. Uh, Joe Lozon was supposed to fight uh, Cerrone. Shout out to Joe Lozon. Hillary, who I mentioned at the start of the show, trains at Lozon's. She's a big fan of his. Uh, and we are here too at, at MTP, but they kind of got cursed that fight. Uh, kept getting canceled. First, Cerrone backed out because he was sick or something, and then uh, the second time they rescheduled it, Lozon backed out because something happened. And it's it's just too bad because it was like a perfect like kind of old head fight. You know, guys who've been around a long time in this uh, in the fight game and in the UFC and kind of been through multiple eras and f- two fan favorites, and and they really wanted to put it on Dana White says he's never fucking booking it again I don't blame him because it was just a big curse like it had a bit of a uh, uh, Tony and Khabib vibe to it but um, he's fighting Jim Miller which is kind of the same thing uh, which is great Jim Miller's kind of having a resurgence he's found a lot of power in his punches he's winning good fights he's but again he's been around for a fucking million years and I think I think it's going to be cool it's just that 
whenever Cerrone gets hit now, like anything touches him, his reaction is so bad. Like he like the he's got a bad poker face. His eyes go. He starts to to wobble. His chin is gone. Like his chin is gone. It's been gone. You know. I think it's that kind of slick. The reason why Don Cerrone was a fan favorite, if you're sort of new to the UFC game, which no shame in that. Like we, we're a very accepting community. Just don't go on Reddit or Twitter. But uh, but the cool thing about Cerrone used to be he was real slick with it. You know, like his his combinations were like really really slick. He was super accurate. He was like a really good kickboxer. He was tough. He was he was. He was an interesting character. You know, he even have he even had kind of moments with Connor that that helped Connor's kind of rise up as that was happening. Uh he like called him out. He, and he's a likable guy. I any anytime you see him in interviews, I think sometimes the spectacle gets a bit big for him. So like the last place you, you should have put him was a Connor McGregor fight. But a lot of main events I've seen him in, he, he sort of wilts. He's better at his, in a fight like this. And as much as Jim Miller is probably better at this point in their careers based on what they've done recently, I actually favor Cowboy in this one. I think it's a good place for him to be on the card. I really, I know this is silly, but I really, I know it's not fucking silly actually because I fucking, I think it's true. I really like his body language this week. I've watched like a lot of Cowboy Cerrone doing like pre-fight press in my life. And you can sort of tell when he's in his own head and when he does that thing where he like kind of punks himself in the locker room or when that, when that's coming down the pipe. I think I haven't, I don't see that at all in, 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 in this kind of iteration of him. That being said, I mean, I know why people are, are betting Jim Miller because if Jim Miller touches him, I think he's going to go to pieces like he always does these days. You know, no offense to Cowboy. I mean, I love the guy, but that's just the straight up truth. But then again, He's going to pieces getting touched by Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor, uh, Justin Gaethje. These guys hit like fucking Howard series. I'm not saying Jim Miller hasn't found this this power, and I'm not saying he can't do it, but I will wager that Justin Gaethje hits a lot fucking harder than Jim Miller, wouldn't you? I mean, that's only that's only to be expected. So I think I think that the long and short of it is Cerrone's the underdog. So he's got good value. You know, I, there's, there's, there's a world in which he wins this fight because he's just slick. I think the way that their styles, that their striking styles match up too, I think the way that, that Miller comes in kind of benefits Cerrone. And I think maybe he doesn't knock him out in the first round, which means Cerrone can get a little comfortable in there and actually like do some Donald Cerrone shit. I really think that can happen. So I think if he gets knocked unconscious, by the way, whatever he's been saying this week, he's retiring. I think if he gets knocked out, he's fucking, he's done. He's leaving the gloves in there. And that's probably for the best. But if he wins, if he wins, well, my boy, that is a different kettle of fish entirely. All right, let's move on to another fucking 40-year-old fighting somebody. Um, Ruthless Robbie Lawler, another fan favorite, because uh, he, he's put on some absolute stormers in his time uh, in the UFC and in MMA in general. Ruthless Robbie Lawler, he's always in wars. If you ever want to, uh, you know, you can watch some amazing fights in the history of of Robbie Lawler's career and just just going back and watching you you just you watch some absolute fucking wars you know a lot of blood a lot of guts a lot of thunder he's fighting a guy named uh, Brian Barbarina who kind of he came in a little streaking he was doing okay he's one of those weird kind of out of shape guys who was like you know you put money on him and then you see him walk out and you're like fuck but in saying that 
Robbie Lawler beat Nick Diaz in his last fight. And I think it was pretty universally agreed upon that Nick Diaz shouldn't have really been in there. That layoff was, was it for him. I think Robbie Lawler did a pretty good job against uh, Ben Askren before he got kind of like choked out, but not really choked out because even Herb Dean was like, oh, I fucked up. I shouldn't have stopped the fight. But everybody fucking killed him, you know, and he's 40. He's 40. And Brian Barberina's 33, I think. So, uh, you know, it's it's even odds for me. Yeah, I, I would take whatever you can get better odds on. I think Barbarina is slightly better, but this is a pick em. I mean, they're both so... Brian Barbarina has never been as good as Ruthless Robbie Lawler was at his best, but Robbie Lawler is 40, and Barbarina, he can get, he can get TKO'd for sure, but I don't think anyone's getting knocked out in this fight. I think it's going the distance. I think Barbarina's going to win. I'd like, I prefer if, if Robbie Lawler wins. I mean... Who wouldn't? But if I'm trying to put my, my thinking man's cap on, I think I think it's Barbarina. Okay. Let's do it, guys. Uh we're going into the to the to the big ones. Now I don't even know if this is gonna be as of right now, I'm not sure if Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz is even gonna be uh, if it's gonna be the feature prelim, which would make a lot of sense. You want a headline, you want a headliner kind of a barn burner on the feature prelim because as discussed, it's gonna be on ABC before the paper, which is on, you know the pay-per-view uh, but the, the prelims are gonna be on a, a, a abc so sugar Sean, Sean o'malley is so exciting he's got all the flair he's the gen z conor mcgregor right he's got rainbow looking afro he's funny i like how he i personally like how he goes about his career uh, uh, and his business he says i'm not gonna fight 50 000, i'm not gonna get paid fifty thousand to fight million dollar guys i'm gonna fight fifty thousand guys and i'm just gonna stack up my record and practice and get better and better and then when i fight tough guys i'll get paid a shitload of money because my star will rise i don't mind it i really don't the man's managing his brand not everybody has to go like okay let me beat the shit out of three tin cans and then go knock out fucking jose aldo you know i mean it's it's everybody's different i think that uh as far as this fight goes if we can break that down this whole like sean o'malley gets his leg eaten up thing it happened once against an amazing leg kicker Uh, pedro munoz is not going to be able to do that to sean o'malley and sean o'malley is fun to watch guys like love him hate him ah he's too this he's too that he's too much He's fun. He's so fun. He's fun. He's fun to watch fight. Forget the hair. Forget the 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 press conferences. Whatever. The outfits. Who gives a shit? He's fun to watch fight. He really is. He's a really good striker. He's super fast. He's got a bunch of weapons in his locker. I think he's gonna pull them all out. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna knock this dude out, to be honest with you. I think TKO gets you plus three hundred. I I take that all day. All day. I think a lot of people are betting on a win decision, which is probably swinging odds, but and it could be, you know, I mean, Pedro Munoz is admittedly a step up in competition for, for O'Malley f- from the from the last few guys that he's fought. I think you you struggle with leg kicks against one of the most powerful fighters in the division. I don't think that's Pedro Munoz. So I think uh, O'Malley's going to, he's going to angle better. He's going to be more accurate. He's longer. He's fucking longer than everybody in that division. Um, I think he's going to, I think it's going to be the sugar show <laughs> again. I mean, I, I mean, if we're here to have fun, who's betting Pedro Munoz? You know, who's coming in and going like, I want Pedro to win because he got, it's like, why do you, why would you want Sean O'Malley to lose? Like as a neutral fan, spectator, supporter, whatever you want to call yourself. It's going to be great. (laughs) It's going to be a great show. I'm glad the Sugar Show's on this card. I like the fact that he has kind of become the perennial 
sort of headliner of the prelims. He's always on a pay-per-view now. Like he still, he puts asses in seats, this kid. So I think it'll be fun. It'll be a fun watch. You know, he reminds me of the kid in school that was like 115 pounds, but you actually knew he could scrap. And uh, like somebody would, would call him out. And you'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> so I think it's cool. I, I like him. I mean, as you know, I'm a McGregor fan, so if you're like one of those fucking Khabib heads being like, well, well, he always is trying to advance position, it's like, yeah, no, totally. The technical aspects of the sport are really interesting and, and cool, but I get to talk into this microphone and make fun of you by doing a fucking funny voice. So, who really wins at the end of the day? Uh, yeah, Sean O'Malley TKO plus 300 from DK Systems. So sign off on it, seal it, deliver it, post it to your granny. Okay, let's get into this fucking guy oh my god sean strickland versus alex pereira sean strickland's a massive piece of shit like a massive piece of shit like i'm not even talking like you might have thought going down the narrative here where you're like he just likes the fun guys like he likes the big loud mouths whatever that's not the same thing it's not the same thing sean strickland is a massive asshole the shit that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, he, he could kick my ass. Of course he could kick my ass. But he everything that comes out of his mouth is fucking vile. And he used to be a neo-Nazi. You wouldn't know that. Look that shit up. He used to be a fucking neo-Nazi. True. I'm sure he's renounced that lifestyle. But like, I wonder what he says with his friends over a few Bud Lights and a fucking barbecue. You know what I mean? I doubt he's walked the path of enlightenment if all the other shit that comes out of his mouth is any indication he's one of these people he's like you know he has a twitter with a lot of followers and he fucking says shit on it i'm surprised he can spell to be 100 percent honest with you maybe as a ghostwriter, but i really don't like the guy if you can't if you can't figure that out also for all of us for you for me for my wife who loves israel adesanya uh we want alex pereira to win because we want izzy to get his redemption song against him because alex pereira very interestingly uh, is a guy who knocked Israel Adesanya unconscious. The man who's undefeated at middleweight in the UFC used to be a kickboxer, so did Pereira. And uh, they fought twice. I think the first fight, I think Izzy won. I watched it back in preparation for this show. I think he won on points. I think he kind of just had him. Like, I, I, I think it's wild that he didn't win it uh, by decision, to be honest with you. I think they should be one-on-one -on -one coming into this rubber match. And you know what? Since we're going to talk about Max and Volk after this, they are fucking one on one after after this. You can put the official records wherever you want. I watched the fight. He won the first fight. He just did. However, in the second fight, he got knocked unconscious badly. He got uh, he got taken out of the stretcher because this Pereira guy, he's got a fucking mean left hook. And I would sell my firstborn to see him land that mean left hook on Sean. I'm a massive piece of shit, Strickland. I really would. I hate this guy so much. And also, the, the, the little inside track on this, everybody talking about how great Sean Strickland's boxing is. It's pretty fine. Meh. I was going to say pretty good, and then I like thought about it for a second. I think he's got de decent defense. I don't think that's going to do shit against this left hook. I think Alex Pereira is going to go up a level, and I think... If you're Sean Strickland, let me put it to you this way. If you're Sean Strickland, if you're listening, sorry I called you a piece of shit. Not that sorry. You are. But if you're Sean Strickland, you're listening. Do not try to kickbox this guy. He's going to kill you. Don't actually do. Do try to kickbox him. Please try to kickbox him. You're, he's going to die if he tries to get into a striking exchange with this dude. It's, it's bananas to think that that will go Sean Strickland's way. Defense, boxing, whatever. All these buzzwords they're going to throw out at you when you're listening to the to the uh, you know, the preambles or reading 
articles or listen to other MMA shows, they're going to tell you his boxing is actually quite impressive. And this is, this is a, this is a, a title contention about whoever wins. This is probably going to fight a, a Desanya. I'm trying harder to pronounce his name, right? They kind of drilled Adesanya into my head, but he keeps saying like it's Adesanya. So I'm trying Izzy. They're trying there. This is whoever wins. This is fighting Izzy in my opinion. And in the opinion of most people who are paying attention. So if it's Sean Strickland, Izzy's going to fucking murder him. You know, it's not even going to be close, but a little narrative, you know, we love narrative around here, uh, along with pageantry. I love pageantry of any kind, but yeah, but it's got to be Pereira. We want it to be Pereira because that's Izzy's next fight after he, I mean, like, spoiler alert, retains <laughs> this title. Uh, uh, we'll get to that. But I think uh, it, it would just be a victory for the good guys, for people with morale, morality and, and, and some sort of common sense. And uh, love for their fellow man. It would be a victory for all of us if Sean Strickland got separated from his consciousness on Saturday night. And But it would be a victory for us as fans too because that is just a more fun fight. Pereira versus Adesanya, three, technically. Uh, it's just a more fun fight to watch. I, I just, that's what I want. I want that in my life. So I really need Sean Strickland to not, because the only way he wins is if he just grapples him because he's a better like MMA guy. And he and he tries to survive and, and wins on points. And it's like that's who get is he get is he deserves better than that, if you ask me. I think Pereira hopefully goes up a level, like I was saying. I think hopefully he's got some decent defense. I hope he doesn't get smothered. I hope he creates angles. I hope he sets up his shot and doesn't chase it. And I hope he knocks Sean Strickland out. I hope it with all my little heart. I really do. Strickland is a really good ground striker, so I'd be nervous if he gets Pereira onto the floor, but Pereira's really strong. I, I, I'm hoping it, but I'm also thinking that's what's going to happen. That's, that, it's my hope and my thought, if that makes sense. I hope it does. I think it does. So yeah, so then obviously whatever happens with, with the Izzy fight, we'll talk about. But Strickland, boxing, like, you know, what's he going to fucking do? What's he going to do to Adesanya? You know, he's not, he's not going to do anything. So he'll do nothing. So that's kind of all I have to say about that fight. I will be vehemently cheering for for Pereira in, in, in this fight because I think Sean Strickland is a massive piece of shit. All right. Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Dose. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, no, sorry. Trace. Oh, my God. What, what am I saying dose for? The reason why is because I, I feel like the first two fights are so fucking weird. So they're fighting for the third time. Obviously, that was a dumb mistake on my part. Don't make don't. It doesn't mean I'm dumb. I mean, the edible just kicked in. So I, I guess it does mean I'm dumb. Max Holloway, I think, won the second fight. I think I'm one of those people. Uh, I think there's a lot of those people out there, namely anyone who watched the second fight. That's that's one of that. <laughs> anybody who's watched the second fight, I think, thinks Max won. So going off that. You know, we we're talking about Pereira and uh, and Adesanya. I think they're one and one. And forget what the stupid judges that happen to be there that night say. I think they're one and one. I think Volk and Holloway are one and one. I think this is the rubber match. And again, I think my little heart, my my kind of fan. Uh, I love Max Holloway. I love Max Holloway. How do you not? You know, he's sort of my generation of MMA fighter too. I, I feel like he was. He went on his run like shortly after I got into mixed martial arts. You know, a few maybe a year later, he starts showing up like fighting Conor McGregor, and they have a fun little fight. And 
Then he goes on to beat a lot of motherfuckers at featherweight and he was the champ for a while and he beat Aldo and those were great fights and his personality is funny. Seems like a nice guy. I do worry. A lot of people say this these days, but I also do worry about his uh, brain damage. I think he has taken quite a lot of punishment and I think there is noticeable slowdown in his speech and I worry about it. I truly do. Uh, I don't hate Volk. I like nothing him. He just like doesn't move the needle for me. I don't know what it is. Like as a champion, it's just like he just doesn't bring a lot to the table. Like personality wise, like I get that he's a good fighter, but even then, like his style is weird and he's really super well-rounded. He can like kind of do everything and he's, he's a good athlete and you know, I should like him more than I do, but I just don't. Maybe it's because he fought Max. I don't know. I haven't really done like the kind of therapy deep dive on why I feel the way I feel about Alexander Volkanovsky, but it's just it's just a little upsetting that the judges blew the second fight and this fight has a little bit less shine on it than it should. But if we just kind of do what I'm doing, which is just pretend that it's one on one because it is kind of, then I think that's a better way to kind of go about it. So I think this is the rubber match. And as far as the prediction goes, I mean, it's tough because I think I think Volk they know each other so well at this point, you know, so it, it could get weird. It could, it could be, it could be like a strange, uh, interaction where they kind of cancel each other out, but I'm hoping Max has gone and added something to his game where he can, he can come in and just do something different and, and win the fight because, ah, uh, like if everything went my way on this card, like seeing Sean Strickland get knocked unconscious, and like seeing Max Holloway, like lift the belt again and, I don't know what they do from there at featherweight, you know, like do they, if also if you look at the guys that that Volk's beaten and look at the guy that Max guys that Max has beaten, I think Max has got a better better kill list uh, personally, but it would be great to see it really would. Be. It's hard. It's a hard fight to predict, though, right? Because if I'm being really honest and I'm being super logical, I predict that it's going to go the same way as the first two fights. It's going to be really tight. It's going to be close and the judges are going to fucking score it. And they're probably going to, it's, it's, you know, and it, as it should be, it's harder to, to take the belt away from the champion than it is to, to, to retain it. And that's, that's fair enough. You know, you got to go take that belt from him. I, I get that. But, well, but then, I mean, that calls the first fight into question, doesn't it? It doesn't matter. It's, it's a weird fight. It's a complicated fight. Do not bet on this fight. Do not bet on this fight. It's not, it's not possible for us to predict. The smartest money you could have is Volk wins again. That's the smartest money you can have. But like, you don't want to bet that. Do you? I mean, you don't want to be that guy, do you? You don't want to be betting on Alex, cheering for Alexander Volk of fucking I mean, I get that he's in Izzy's school and they're all friends or whatever, but uh, meh, you got to go max on this. You got to take it to the max. So yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying Holloway via decision. I th- I'm hoping it's a clear decision because it's going to need to be if he's going to win that way. But Jesus do not bet. Don't bet on this fight. Don't don't go near this fight with your money. Whatever you do, I've just saved you money there. Whatever happens on the, on fight night, I've saved you money there. So you're welcome in advance. Okay. Lastly, but certainly not leastly, uh, we have the main event of the evening. Israel Adesanya undefeated at middleweight, although he says he doesn't like it when people say that because. He doesn't mind that he went up to 205 and sort of miscalculated his weight and lost to, to Blahovich. He doesn't mind. That's okay. People lose. He says, it's not boxing. You know, you don't retain your perfect record in the sport unless you're like a little bit of a pussy and you kind of pick your fights and then you get out early. 
you know, who I'm looking at. And then I, you know, I think I, I respect that, you know, it's like, yeah, he, well, he dared to be great. Didn't he? He dared to move up in weight classes and, and try to become a champ champ. There's only one other person that's done that legitimately. Cormier, you know, John Jones had his fucking number and he, he punked. So, so why Daniel got the second belt. Uh, well, I guess it was the first belt, but that's why he had that belt. And, um, cause John Jones owned the light heavyweight division at that point, owned it. And he would, Probably if he was at, at this build now, I'd say he'd beat Cormier again. He always did. So that's that's a legitimate and there's not enough people to fight Amanda Nunez at both of those weight classes. So yeah, no shit. She won both. There's been one real champ champ. We all know who that is. It was very impressive to move up and beat a guy like Eddie Alvarez the way that he did. And uh, it's really hard to do, is my point. It's super, super, super hard to do, especially the jump between 185 and 205. It's a big weight jump. That's That's big. And it, he looked every pound that much of a weight jump when Izzy fought Blahovich. I, I mean, it just did. He miscalculated. He didn't put enough muscle on it. I think he thought he could just out kickbox the guy because Blahovich is kind of, he's a kickboxer. He's a really high level kickboxer. But Blahovich was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm fucking, I got 20 pounds on you on fight night. I'm putting you down. You know, it was a mistake to do what he did with his weight. He lost it. He lost the fight. I wouldn't want to see him go up unless he could put a shitload of muscle mass on. I wouldn't want to see him go up to 205 now with uh with what's his name with the ponytail up there now. He's he's scary. I wouldn't want to see that. It'd be cool. I mean, I'd buy the pay-per-view, don't get me wrong. But uh just as a, as an Izzy fan, I don't know. I don't know if I would love that. But I digress. He's fighting Jared Cannonier, who is for all intents and purposes a, a you know good fighter. It's just one of those situations where He's beaten everyone to the point of it being even a little embarrassing, Paulo Costa. You know, Robert Whitaker, it's it's kind of a Max and Volk situation, except that he clearly won the first two. So it's like they were even reticent to put the third Max and Volk fight on because it was 2-0. and But because there was enough controversy around it, the second one especially, they put it back on. The Izzy versus Cannoneer fight, or sorry, the, uh, the Izzy versus Whitaker fights, he clearly wins. So there's kind of a camp, I think, saying like Robert Whitaker is like his best option. He's the best guy to, to challenge him. I, it's, we've, we've read that book. We've seen that play. We've listened to that record already. You know, it's it's good, but it's 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 played. It's been played. It's been read. It's been found wanting. And I think that that's the situation we're in with with Cannoneer coming in. I think he's a good fighter. I think Izzy sort of blessed him with the fight. I think he saw him put a few wins together and said, like, those are impressive wins. Give him the title shot because there isn't anybody else. I've beat the shit out of every other middleweight. He just has. So I think that's why you're getting a lesser kind of known guy. That being said, I mean, Cannoneer is no slouch. He's a good fighter. His style is not going to work for him in this fight. He's a square shoulder, walk forward, be more powerful, put guys up against the cage type guy. He might get lucky. He might catch Izzy breaking off the cage and, and going on an angle. He might catch him with something. I'm not saying that won't happen, but there's no value to betting Izzy Orlando Sonia, and I cannot advise you to bet against him. You'll get great odds. You'll punch the number into the little, I want to put this amount of money on Jared Cannonier because the odds are so, and you're like, that's how much money I can win. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's not going to happen. To go further, I it's not going to happen, but it's going to be the kind of victory that like Adesanya fans love. Like I do think that people sort of criticize him for like how he's won in the past because he does guarantee his victories. Like he just makes sure like he goes in and he goes like, all right, I can beat the fuck out of Paulo Costa. 
all right, I can knock out Robert Whitaker. Like I've got the size on him. Sometimes I will admit the fights, he just sort of wins them. You know, he just kind of point fights guys and he wins them. I, I don't think that happens very often. He, I think he did it with Silva because he respected Silva. You know, I don't think he wanted to go in there and like fucking destroy him. I think he was like, this is kind of an exhibition. Say what you will about that. I mean, you know, if you spend the $75 or however much it is now, that's going to annoy you a little bit, I, I would imagine. But, you know, I respect in the grand scheme of his career. He's not out there to try and get knocked unconscious for your entertainment. He's out there to try to win because that's what success is. I think he's going to beat Kenanier in a really entertaining way. <laughs> like, the way that he's he's longer than him, he's stronger than him, he's faster than him. I don't know, maybe he's not stronger than him, but it's not going to matter. I think he's going to piece him up. Like, I think he's going to be scoring points. I think he's going to hit him with some flourishes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think he's going to talk some shit uh, while he's beating the fuck out of this poor bastard. He's kind of made that prediction, too. Like, he said, like, I'm going to really beat this guy's ass. Like, I respect him. You know, I, I even like him, but I'm going to beat the shit out of him. I think he knows he needs to put on a show after the last fight, and I think... I he, he was saying he's going to submit him. If you want to put some crazy money on some, put uh, Izzy by a submission because Izzy is the one who keeps saying he's going to do that. He's like, I might submit him. I might do it. I've been working on it. I mean, that's confidence. That's a lot of confidence right there. I wouldn't want to really see him roll around with Cannoneer down there, to be honest with you. I, I want him to just come in and put on the Israel Adesanya show. I, I want him to be the champ again. And then hopefully if the rest of the narratives work out, Sean Strickland loses in dramatic fashion and it sets up a title bout for a real uh title contender in alex Pereira. and i think you know as much as like that main event might be a little bit of a foregone conclusion i really do think it's going to be entertaining how he does it so i recommend watching the fight for that reason i think there's a ton of unanswered questions in in volt versus holloway so i think that's another great co-main event for you to watch i think that that's that put as puts asses in seats i think Pereira and strickland is going to be awesome however it works out i think it's it's a great fight and you really could see like an like an honest to god nazi get knocked out so that's cool who doesn't want to see that you can watch that fight and then put on indiana jones and raiders of the lost ark and just get off on some nazis getting punched in the fucking face porn you know <laughs> otherwise all the rest of the fights are cool i mean we've gone through all of them now and i think they're like a lot of fun it's a fun card have some friends over to your place order a few pizzas and some diet Dr. Peppers, sit your asses down in your favorite ass groove of your couch and buy that pay-per-view or steal it. I don't give a shit. I don't work for the UFC. Steal it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that'll do it. We've done all the fights. We went through all of them. Real refresher. Please do watch Hillary Rose on uh, Cage Titans on Saturday. Cage Titans 54, I believe it is. And hopefully she wins. We're all pulling for you here, Hill, as always. And uh, yeah, next next UFC pay-per-view, you can hear back from me, DK Sizzle, on this wonderful new show we're calling Check My Oil. All right, have yourselves a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. 
I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.